0: Come, Holy Spirit, into my mind, that I may know the things that are of God. Come, Holy Spirit, into my soul, that I may belong only to God. Sanctify all that I think, say, and do, that all will be for the glory of God. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, my mother is back with us again today to continue our discussion about this book, The Apostle of Holy Motherhood. Good morning, Mom. Good morning. Good morning. So, that prayer was uh, given to the visionary of this book by the Blessed Mother, and it it was actually something she wanted her to do a special novena to the Holy Spirit uh, for nine days before Pentecost and nine days after. One in uh, petition and then one nine day novena for Thanksgiving. But you could pray that every day. So, we were talking yesterday, if you're just tuning in without being part of yesterday's show about a book called The Apostolate, Holy Motherhood. And it was, um, we're not sure who compiled it, because the visionary has been kept uh, secret. Our Lady did not want her life disrupted by the media and the press. But anyway, in in 1987, over a period of about six months, she experienced these apparitions of Our Lady, and also of uh, Jesus as both, in his passion, and also as the Christ child, about two years old. Um, And I think even a few saints, St. Clair, St. Gertrude, a few of them. Um, St. Anne is another. And the basic premise of the book is that she was wanting to teach this woman and through her the whole world about um, the importance of children and the importance of the mother... In the life of forming those children into little saints, and but also the priest throughout this book has an important role as well. Uh, but the lessons go for everybody, so it's a very interesting book. It's a very, uh, it's it's, and it was dictated to the woman. This wasn't uh, something that was an impression or um, kind of a, a metaphor. She literally said, now write this down. And then the woman would write what the Our Lady and Jesus were telling her. So it's, it's words from heaven uh, for the modern day person. Because the issues that Our Lady sees with this generation we're living in, and this is 35 years ago, was that we were, we were heading towards a great demise because of the impurity in the world, in the vulgarity in the world, in the immodesty of the world and she was trying to correct not just that but also um the way that we have discarded children as worthless you know and and i'm not saying this is a painting the whole country with one brush but certainly um the you know the abortion laws that were enacted uh basically sent that message children don't matter so and then there's the trafficking and the sexual abuse and all that uh, but it all starts with an appreciation for the children at the very beginning of life in the womb, and then in the home. So, what did you want to go into today?
1: Well, let's just—I'll say a few words about her background. Uh, she had little to no education in the faith. Her family, when she was growing up, attended Sunday mass. There were no Catholic schools that she went to. Uh, she did attend uh, CCD classes, and as when she got older, she entered a third. Uh, order of Franciscans for the laity and she went through a little bit of formation for that Um, during her apparitions she was forbidden by her spiritual director from reading any other writings on private revelations to protect the purity of her visions and she has a priest directing her and of course we discussed that there's the imprimatur on her writings and an interesting uh, side note here for you Father Dan Jesus advised the priest director to read the dialogue of St. Catherine of Siena, because St. Catherine experienced a similar form of communication as this visionary was receiving. So the, the means of transmission was the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, just one thing I wanna talk about is um, last night, we were watching Tucker Carlson. Now my husband and I have stopped watching the news we watch very little news. We don't turn on the news at night, um, just because it's, it's just so dreadful. So, Father Dan is here, and we wanted to watch Tucker Carlson, so we turned it on. And he was discussing the border crisis, and it just struck me as they were—he was saying that all of these large numbers of children were coming into the country without parents, and it struck me. And I said to Father Dan, "Well." Who's watching the children? Who's taking care of the children once they come in without their parents? And he said, well, they're probably being human trafficking, being snatched up for human trafficking. Well, that idea is just so dreadful to me. And uh, then we discussed it a little bit. And from the parents' viewpoint, they're hoping for their children to have freedom and to be away from the oppressive uh, countries that they're coming from. So you can see their point of view, but this is dreadful. And I think it fits right in with this topic that we're talking about. For me, uh, I, I think it must grieve Jesus and Mary terribly and it grieves me. And I, I feel I feel a burden on my heart to pray for these children who we don't know, but um, it's happening in our country. And so uh, it's, it's very timely that we get on this.
0: It is, and in fact, you know, the mainstream media are complicit because they they are the ones who would have access to kind of investigate these kind of stories. They're not doing it. They're not. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah. However, there are a lot of rogue reporters or sub uh, Substack on these other new things that have popped up who have been following this. And you can't find these things like on Google or YouTube because they scrubbed them clean because they don't want to implicate the president or his administration. But there's pictures out there, I've seen them with my own eyes of uh, and, and video, moving video, of planes of children that are loaded up with these kids and maybe one or two adults to kind of oversee them, and then they take them to other places. So In the where country. are they taking them? Yes. In- where where are they going? Where what's there's no tracking. There's no logs of these kids. And, and that makes me think there's something underhanded about it.
1: Well, you know, you would expect that orphanages would be popping up to take care of these kids.
0: But we yeah, never hear not, it. we
1: never hear that.
0: Not the case, no. No, it's just a Another interesting thought. thing before we dive into the topic. I was just reading this morning about how, you know, Kirk Cameron, he's not Catholic, but he's a good Christian. And he's published a new book. It's a children's book. It celebrates faith, family, and biblical wisdom. And he his publicist sent out a message to uh, scores and scores of public libraries across the country to see who would like him to come to do a book reading at the library to promote the book. Every single one of them said, no, thanks. Imagine over 50 public libraries res- outright rejected him and his request to do a book reading in their library. These are public libraries. It's not like they are own, mm-hmm. privately owned because they said we th- your values don't mesh with our values. Mm. Now, they let the drag queens in. And the reason I mention this is think about this. When our lady's saying that there's an impurity infecting the country, mm. this is way before the drag queens were doing library strip acts with the children. And now, this is the point we're at. When our public libraries, which we fund, are allowing drag queens in to do, so they call it storytelling. It's really uh,
1: indoctrination. The children
0: into being perverts. Uh, but they won't let in a young man who wants to promote God, family, and biblical wisdom. That's where we are right now. So the importance of this book could not be any more uh, at the oh, top yeah. of the at the top of the scale.
1: And and it's not available, so there's the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in the book, Jesus is actually calling mothers for this work that that this book is promoting, and he said, "quote." You have been chosen, this is for mothers and housewives, you have been chosen for the vocation in which you are presently, that is, mothers and housewives, to be women of prayer for the world and for the salvation of souls. Pray that the iniquity in the world end so that there will be peace upon the face of the earth. So it's a call to mothers. Uh, this is our hour. Uh, it's, it's a very important work. Then the child Jesus said, "My mother wishes to establish this apostolate so that many children may be spared needless suffering. They are the victims of society in which its members are intent on pleasing only themselves, regardless of the cost to others, even their own children. Pray for children, all children throughout the world. They are suffering as in a holocaust, whereby they are sacrificial victims of the greed and selfishness of others." I want this to cease. Pray that families will have great reverence for new life, great reverence for children who are fashioned in my image. They enjoy the highest dignity of innocence," end quote. So they're suffering as in a Holocaust. And just with the abortion issue alone, I would say it's many, many times worse than the Holocaust, which uh, exterminated, what, how many Jews, 6,000? No, 6 million. 6 million, 6 million. Well, look at the millions of babies that have been aborted. You can't even compare it.
0: There's 55 million babies aborted every year around the world. Yes, it makes the Holocaust
1: look very tiny. Exactly. So it's a very great need. Our Lady then said, the world now needs respect for motherhood and children. This will help to offset the tremendous evil which has destroyed so many families. The apostolate of holy motherhood and Catholic families will bloom like a rose in heaven. And then Jesus, the, babe, the child Jesus, as a child, said, making atonement for sin is not always easy. Reparation must be made to both the sacred and immaculate hearts if God's justice is to be appeased. I call upon all my faithful followers to help in this awesome task of making reparation for so much sin. Offer your sufferings in addition to your daily duty. So there's the mandate.
0: That's the mandate. Um, Humanity needs to be purified. Now, something else Jesus said in in this book, as the child, he said uh, confession is so important. Why? Because confession is the least difficult means of purification. Suffering, of course, is the most difficult means. But the least difficult... So if you're not going to confession and God's still trying to purify you, the only other way it's going to happen is through suffering. So that should be setting off bells in people's head. Maybe I need to be going to confession more. Um, Also, he said, you may ask why there's so much suffering in the world today. Because there is so much sin. The expiation of sin can be a difficult task if the soul resists purification. But if he sees the merit in suffering, uniting it to my cross... He will begin to see clearly, and this clarity in itself then aids the person in their suffering, giving it the meaning that is necessary to aid in redemption. It makes sense.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, there is there is all this that we can do to mitigate the offenses against the sacred heart and the immaculate heart. Um, it couldn't be clearer. And Our Lady and Jesus spoke about the priests. Um, In the beginning, yesterday, we spoke about that Satan has targeted the family and the priesthood, the two holiest vocations. So Jesus spoke about the priests. He said that the sacraments are essential for the salvation of all mankind. And the sacraments come through the priests. He requested that we pray for the priests always for holiness and spiritual perfection and especially for detachment from worldly things. And then the child Jesus said, the world continues to erode away at the base of the faith, my church. It is now necessary to set up a bulwark to stop this erosion, which is holiness itself. Pray for holiness among my priests and yourselves, the lady, and you will see a difference in the world. You must be the instruments of my holiness on earth as the world knows me not. So that's true, the world doesn't know him, but we do. And therefore, we're the ones
0: that have to do this. Yeah. And it's inter- interesting to me, too, in that several times in here, she speaks about the Holy Father, and, and who at the time was John Paul II, and <laughs> even that she had tremendous uh, love for this particular pope, and and said, I, I think on two different occasions, maybe even more, how do not worry, uh, this will um the book will be approved, and even the Holy Father will, will in, kind of endorse it in some manner. Uh, so, and it did get to him. And so did,
1: it, he it it? did he endorse it? Did he
0: endorse it? I don't know if he publicly endorsed it, but, but I think he, he pr- maybe privately told it he read it. In the, I don't know. But... Um, he knew the future too. We know from some of his prophetic writings, he saw the handwriting on the wall. So this would have been, this meshes very well right in with his theology of the body. Oh yeah. Yes, it does. And, you know, you talked about motherhood, um, being under attack, you know, even before this was published or this actually happened in 87, go back 20 years before that, um, uh, the Cosmo magazine, Cosmopolitan, with Helen Gurley Brown, she chose the covers of those magazines. And she said, any woman could be a Cosmo girl, except for two. You could not be a Cosmo girl if you were a mother or a virgin. She directly was attacking the two most famous attributes of the Blessed Mother. Mm. And... You, I would say, I'm not saying Helen Gurley Brown was the devil, but Satan was speaking through that. Yeah. He hates motherhood. He hates virginity. That's why he hates Our Lady.
1: Yeah, so that that's the time frame where everything really went down. Started in the 60s.
0: So this, this Our Lady said she wishes the apostolate of motherhood to... Um, Begin very soon. This is back in uh, March 5th of 87. So, this is her desire. This is part of her plan. I would say this is even part of her rescue. So, we, at least at Radium Maria, will do our best to get this message out. And I, like I said, I'm going to try to get Mark Marivaux, if I can find him back on, uh, come, to come on the show. I know he's been on Radium Maria before. And I am even going to find a way to reach Kirk Cameron and tell him to come on. You know, we have to be the the voice that's getting truth, capital T, out there. And all of these other, it's amazing to me that the entire country is under the spell of this, it's maybe a curse as well, of this wickedness. Um, If St. Paul were alive today, he would be screaming from the mountaintop, oh, stupid America, who has bewitched you? Mm. Because this is really what we're dealing with. But back to the positive side of all this. Oh, well, I
1: have a very big positive side. Let's hear it. <laughs> Jesus said, "In the, uh, my mother's plan to accomplish the triumph of her immaculate heart has been underway for some time and continues to gain momentum as more souls are consecrated to her. That's what he told this visionary. So her triumph has been underway for some time. And uh, the visionaries in Medjugorje are saying that now, too, that it's already begun. So, although we can't see it yet, it's on its way. So we
0: just have to do our part. Uh, Yeah, that's the. um, (laughs) I have complete trust in Our Lady getting her part done. Yes. It's the it's the rest of us I have a concern about. There's another part here that disturbs
1: me a little bit. Uh, It says, "Jesus was disturbed by those who do nothing to offer reparation for sin." but offer their prayers for favors and conversion of only their family members well i kind of fall into that category you know i do a lot of praying for family members and people who i know you know that ask me to pray for them but honestly i'm i'm going to start now to pray for these children in the country who are coming in unaccompanied uh, but i think we have, maybe maybe a lot of us are doing this that we get so involved with our own uh things that we're asking for and praying for that that we tend to insulate ourselves from the bigger picture and uh, Jesus wants everybody saved so um, I think we have to think outside of our own small box at least I do
0: now a lot of people a lot yeah. of people look at um, our prayers sort of like it's a pizza pie and there's only so many slices to go around So I have to make sure that I, you know, pray for these slices because when there's no more slices, then God doesn't hear the prayers. It doesn't work like that at all. In fact, when we expand our prayers, so you could say I'm praying for, um, you know, my grandkids who are away from the church and all grandkids who are away from the church. Mm -hmm. You could just include everybody. I'm praying for my uh, aunt. May who has cancer and all the people around the world who are suffering from cancer. So you can just open it up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because that woman Catalina Rivas, who's who's still alive down in uh, Bolivia, when she says, when the, during the mass, when the angels bring up the intentions, the people with the biggest intentions, Mm -hmm. their angels go to the front of the line and they are most uh, pleased because they know that the bigger the intention, the more pleases God. So, this is even kind of makes me think of that as well.
1: And I believe there's more power to a prayer that's bigger.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, when we limit our prayers, it's almost like saying we don't think you're capable of doing the bigger things. Well, which, of know, course, is crazy.
1: We have, the, we have the tendency to think of God like ourselves. Exactly. And we forget that He is all powerful, all knowing, omnip- omnip- omniscient. I don't know what that word is, where he's all present. We, we bring him down to our level very often. So uh, yeah. we have to think, think that he's bigger. So in the book, it also says that many are in need of the graces of conversion, but there is no one who will make the effort to ask this for them. Spiritual gifts and favors must be asked for by someone.
0: Yeah, now, again, remember 1987, it wasn't the greatest time in history, but it wasn't anything like today. But listen to what... Uh, who is this? This is Jesus as the Christ Jones. He says, do not be troubled too much by what is going on around you. There is great confusion now and much talk. Be silent to combat the excessive talk. Be good, as I speak out over the whole radio, be good to combat the evil. Be holy to combat the unholiness. Fear nothing but sin. That's profound. But again, yes. it goes back to the vocation When you consider Joseph and Mary, there's not much they said in the Bible. Um, I'm sure they said more in real life, in their actual lives. But um, they they were contemplatives.
1: Yeah. Well, Jesus, uh, in the book with his sacred heart exposed, said, I wish to pour forth my spirit upon mankind and to save all from destruction and the forces of evil. So prevalent in the world today. He wishes to do that. And this work is the yearning of the heart of Jesus for the salvation of many sinners. So he wants it, and what Jesus wants, if we cooperate, it will happen. Just yeah. before we end, I would like to just comment on that book that you talked about, uh, another book. This one is the one called Welcoming the Christ Child with Padre Pio, Daily Reflections for Advent. Yes. Well, I got it. I don't think yours has come yet.
0: They're probably by now but it's in there. it's back in Colombia. yeah
1: well it's a fabulous uh book you just, you just read a little bit each day it's like two pages a day but i'd like to read you one that was just so so profound it was on day two and it was um about father rafael who was a friar in the uh in the same house as padre pio he had the room next to padre pio for 35 years and he was the eyewitness to a miracle in the corridor outside his room, and he, this is how he relates it. This is uh, Father Raphael about Padre Pio. I had got up to go to the church for the midnight mass of 1924. The corridor was huge and dark, and the only illumination was the flame of a small oil lamp. Through the shadows, I could see that Padre Pio, too, was making his way to the church. He had left his room and was making his way slowly along the corridor. I realized he was swathed in a band of light. I took a better look and saw that he had the baby Jesus in his arms. I just stood there transfixed in the doorway of my room and I fell to my knees. Padre Pio passed by all aglow. He didn't even notice I was there. Isn't that profound and beautiful?
0: Yeah, we we have no idea the gifts that he was uh, blessed with but you know that's when you open the door to the supernatural on one side it opens it to the other as well everybody wants to have these kind of experiences (laughs) but you know they don't want to be beat up in the middle of the night by the demons left bloody on the floor
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's uh when we read something like that it lifts the veil for us a little bit oh yes
0: yeah, and all you know, and and all, also in the book on Apostolate for holy motherhood, she mentions how much the saints wait for us to ask for their intercession. I remember at one point Saint Anthony was praying for her quite a bit because she was a, a third order Franciscan, uh, and and it's the same holds true today. You know, there's probably all these saints in heaven that nobody calls on because they're a bit more obscure than most. Um, I have a friend, uh, Leah, she, I think she knows every saint in heaven. She's always sending me quotes from saints that I barely have heard of. But that's how we should all be. We should all be, you know, calling on them for their help with whatever uh, thing we're going through. There's a saint that went through it too, and they have a particular grace to help you. So call on your brothers and sisters the saints. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us. This is going to continue. It's uh, maybe not uh, tomorrow's a special day because it's the um, immac- uh, immaculate conception. So we'll be—I'll be talking to you about that tomorrow. But uh, we're going to come back to this book again, uh, more before Christmas. Thank you for being on, Mom. It's been a wonderful welcome. three days. Uh, and let me give you my blessing. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. This is Father Dan signing out.